Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yellen. Today we're going to talk to a wonderful woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer. She had hormone-driven breast cancer and what's known as HER2 positive, H-E-R-2 positive. And what's that, you may be asking? Well, HER2 is a growth-promoting protein on the outside of all breast cells, and they tend to grow and spread faster than other breast cancers. And joining us from Scotland to tell her story is Michelle, who doesn't want her last name used because cannabis is still illegal in the UK. Michelle, did I get your diagnosis correct? Yeah, that's correct, Ian. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, positive. And when were you first diagnosed? Okay, so I was first diagnosed in 2013. Um, I had gone to my GP um, with what I know now is two classic symptoms of breast cancer um, and he sent me home with antibiotics um, saying that it's probably just an infection and just to take these and hopefully that will solve it. Um, obviously, I, I, I took the antibiotics. I, I did went back and he sent me away again with Another lot of antibiotics. I didn't take the second ones because at that point I thought it's not an infection. There's, you know, there's something more happening. Um, Michelle, can I I interrupt you, please, and just ask you, you said you went in presenting with two classic symptoms. What were those? uh So the two classic symptoms were, the first um, was an inverted nipple and the second symptom was kind of, not a lump, but a sort of um, area that just looked different from the other side, like it was mm-hmm. just risen and it wasn't a definite lump, I couldn't feel a lump or anything, um, so went back again and obviously the second lot I didn't take, I then went back and went to a different GP within the same surgery um, and pushed to be referred for a mammogram and he sent he sent that away. So within a week I got a letter to go down for the mammogram and while I was there the the doctor checked me and said I would like to send you through for an ultrasound um just to have a look. So went through there and while I was on getting the ultrasound there was two um, doctors there and one of them just blurted out that yeah I can definitely see a tumour in there and at that point I thought I, I, I actually thought it, you know did he actually say that you know without biopsy or anything like that but I think now when I look back he's seen that there was blood vessels had were, were going in and it was live so uh, you know they know however when was then back at the same doctor's after I had the ultrasound done and she said, are you okay? And I said, not really, because I've just 
been told that there's potentially a tumour there. She says, yes, we are really concerned, so we'll need to take a biopsy. Took the biopsy um, and then was invited back on the 2nd of May 2013. That date, it never leaves your brain when you, when you hear that news. And it was confirmed it was HER2 positive breast cancer. And I would say probably from then on in, it was a bit of a, a whirlwind of a year because I had quite a lot of surgeries ahead of me. Um, first one was a lumpectomy. I went in for at the end of May and the margins were still showing cancerous cells. Therefore, the only option was a mastectomy, um, which was booked for the June. Um, when I went in for that, they, were, they planned to do the reconstruction at the same time. So it was a pretty big surgery. Uh, it involved two teams because there was the, the team that we obviously do removal of the cancer and then the plastic surgeon comes in and does the whole reconstruction so about nine hours I think I was in surgery for um, recovered well from that considering and then I had a further big surgery in October where I had a full hysterectomy because during the period between June and October I had some back pain and after some scans and things they thought there was possibly fibroids on the womb or ovaries and what have you. So at that point, I thought, you know, my, my family were, were grown up. I wasn't planning to have any more children. Um, let's go with it. So had that in October. So kind of had all that done by the end of the year. Was still working through it um, and probably got to was put on tamoxifen, actually, I forgot that part, um, was put on tamoxifen, must have, that, that was after the, the first time, after, and came off it after two months, it just didn't suit me at all, I, I felt every symptom, every side effect, sorry, um, and said to my doctor, I'm, I don't want this, I'd rather have a quality of life, um, if, whatever that life may be, rather than be on this and be miserable and, and, you know, a lot of joint pain and muscle pain and all that kind of thing. So they agreed because the cancer came back as low grade. Um, that I could, that that's fine, you don't have to take that. And then obviously we're having the hysterectomy, the tamoxifen wouldn't have been suitable anyway, so I was quite happy with that. So I was probably had a, you know, I kept fine for the next five years, get your, you sort of work towards that five-year point, thinking, you know, the longer I get without it coming back, the better. Um, but on, I think it was April of 2018, um, I felt a change in the right side of just below my chest, um, which was a kind of wheezing, crackling, as if, there was something in you know, my lung and I've never had anything like, I've never suffered from any respiratory problems before, I've never had asthma or anything like that. And I noticed it because I was getting breathless, just going upstairs and I, I was fairly fit exercise-wise and 
you know, I was, I was tiring quite easy and I thought, this this is not right. You know, so another appointment at the doctor's, um, actually specifically made an appointment for a female doctor, um, a younger doctor that's in the same surgery. Um, I think I'd been around them all at this point and she didn't even examine me and she said, I said, I explained that I was concerned um, because I'd had breast cancer and I'd had it on that side and she sort of said, what was the symptoms and whatever and she said, oh, it's probably nothing to worry about, give it a couple of weeks um, and I, I left that day and thought, you know, no, right, okay, I'll, I'll give it a week and I was busy at work and I, I didn't get back to the um Oh, no, in fact, I was moving house, so getting organised for that, moved house, and then registered with a new GP surgery in the new place, and I had to go up to register, and they, they, asked, they asked to see you and go through your history and stuff like that, and they did. They asked me if there was anything I was concerned about. I said, yeah, I've, I've obviously had breast cancer before, and I'm just a wee bit concerned there's a new, a new thing happening. So they didn't waste any time. They sent me straight away to have, first of all, an X-ray. Um, X-ray came back clear. Um, she phoned me and said, you know, the X-ray's clear. Would you would you want me to do? Which is the first time my doctor's ever asked me what what I want them to do. That's um, very strange, said, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, if you can refer me for a CT scan. Um, and she said, well, that's probably going to take about three, four months. I said no. Just just do me the letter and I'll I'll I've got health care, I'll I'll you know, use that. So she did that, went down, had the C T scan and then the results of that was that there was something showing in the base of both sides of my lungs. Um they couldn't quite make out what it was and although I seen the scan, it didn't look like anything it, it looked like spots of you know, in the area, it didn't look like one solid sort of um, dark area or anything like that. Um, so the next course of action was uh, getting booked in for a biopsy. And that happened probably within a couple of weeks. And I have to say that must, that was the worst procedure that I've ever had. In, in, all, in all my surgeries and all the time that I've had this, that was really the most difficult thing to have done. Um, and I think at that point I thought I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm, this is going to finish me off because they deflate your whole lung to, to or, in order to do the biopsy, and then they, they cut the two pieces of the lung out to, to biopsy it, and then you've you've got to yourself to inflate your lungs by breathing by you know, trying to get oxygen back in and stuff, mm-hmm. which is painful. Um, when it's an open wound, you know, inside. Um, so I was desperate to get out of the hospital, so I was pacing the corridors at night with my, my drip, you know, just trying to get my oxygen levels up. Um, and then got home and struggled to get up the stairs in the house, and I thought, you know, I felt really done, like I can't can't breathe and anyway, recovered from that. Um waited twenty seven days for the results. Um and I think that was difficult because you know, 
you're already thinking there's something not right and then the length of time you need to wait is just torture, like mental torture. Um, so it was confirmed and that was November 2018. So, that, so from the initial start, which was April, it took me to the November to get the confirmation that that actually was what was going on. So the confirmation um, was that you had lung cancer? No, so the confirmation was that I had breast cancer that has travelled to the lung. Metastasized to the lung. Yeah, metastasized to the lung. So that then pushed them to, to do a bone scan as well. And they found a spot in the spine and a couple of other of the bones. Um, so you're sort of thinking, right, it's not even confined anymore. You know, it's, it's on its way around... Um, went to see the oncologist and they had this new drug, newish drug to the UK. It's been out in the States for quite a while, um, but it was new to the UK. It was quite an expensive drug. It wasn't available in the NHS. And this was the, the plan they had for the drug. And it, it's a combined drug. So you take it with letrozole, which is a an inhibitor, a hormone inhibitor. So they work side by side. You take the one, you know, and it's got three different strains. So, like, you start on the highest strains and then you sort of come down if, you're, if your bloods allow that. You know, you're, basically what it does, it's a biological drug that reduces the immune systems in order for the, the drug to work. But looking at it and looking at all the sort of data behind it, it was, it was going to just keep it as it was. That was, you know, that wasn't going to take it away. <laughs> um, so I sort of done some research after I started the treatment, whatever with regards to sort of medicinal cannabis and things like that. And when I was at one of my appointments for the oncologist and the the there was a cancer nurse and stuff like that, and I waited till the oncologist went away and I said to the nurse, you know. Oh, I know you'll be used to treating quite a lot of people down here and wondered if anybody had ever discussed, you know, medicinal cannabis or, you know, have they ever discussed, you know, food and what they've done food-wise and whatever. And she just turned to me and said, no, she said, that's a lot of rubbish, you know, go and enjoy your life and don't waste your time on or money on these things. So I got, I left and I thought, oh, you know, I don't normally do what I'm told or listen or, you know, to what I always make up my own mind and, and do my own research and stuff like that. So thankfully I didn't take what she said as, as you know, being the case. Um, so I then looked into getting something and I was struggling because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I didn't have the knowledge. I, I managed to get some and I had made some Sort of suppositories, and I was I started on with that, and then I was I was getting routine scans every kind of three months, and then it moved to every six months, and then one of the scans in the April, um, the the oncologist came back and said, um, well, I've got a wee bit of a concern because there's we think there's something else at the top of the lung on the left side, um, so there's no point in us rescanning you just now because you're not going to see anything in three months. We, we need to leave it to the six months. So the six months was September. Now, 
September of September of 2019. Do I have that right? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, so when she um, had said to me about that, it panicked me slightly, and I thought, right, I need to, I need to get sorted, and I need to change what I'm doing because it's obviously not enough. Um, I came across Cannabis Health Radio when I was searching online, and I started to listen to some of the. the people that were speaking about their stories. I then reached out to yourself and Corey um, to see if there was somebody that could help in the UK and just put me in touch. Um, And Corey did put me in touch with a lady um, who has been fantastic in support. And she got me started. Um, She also gave me some... You know, I phoned her one day in floods of tears, you know, about after having that them say to me about this other side. And <laughs> she gave me some tough love. She gave me the, the kick up the backside that I needed at the time because I, I hadn't got all my food sorted. And I was really just doing the oil and it wasn't enough. And, and you know, and she, she screamed at me on the phone. And it's exactly what I needed that day. Even though I was feeling sorry for myself, um, it's the it's the it's what made me step up and do what I've done. And she also referred me to um, a lady called Janice Nyken, who runs a intelligent um, just <laughs> just forgot the name. Oh, that's intelligent okay. healing. Intelligent healing. Intelligent healing. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, she she looks. She's a naturopath. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm familiar with her. Yes, yes. Yeah. She's very, very good. Yeah. So Janice looked at my health, looked at you know everything. She took a full history of what's been going on, and we obviously came to the conclusion that right, we need to try and get the immune system repaired. This is what we're going to do. We're going to hit full on, and when I say full on, it was full on. Um, with supplements, vitamins, um, coffee enemas, infrared saunas, the lot. And, I mean, the, the box of vitamins and all that, and it's a lot to remember even just. So, um, got started with that. So that was me. I spoke to a lady about my oil. June, I started with the vitamins and minerals and all that from Janice. And then I had a scan in September. And now this was the follow-up scan from the April one to see if they could see anything that's developed further from the part, the bit that came up in April. And in September, I got the phone call and they said, good news, the bit on the side that we had concern with has disappeared. And I said, right, okay, great, that's really good. I'm pleased about that. And everything else is stable. And I thought, right, okay. I thought, well, at least if that part's starting, you know, this is, I've only just started, so um, that's fine, I'll keep on it. I started to exercise as well, just out walks and things like that. Um, And then, so that would have been September, and then my next scan was February, uh, 15th of February this year. Um, And... I went I went down, had the scan, got the phone call on the Tuesday and she said, everything's stable. 
And I said, oh, right, okay. And I came off the phone and I was a bit kind of down and thinking, I have been really, really doing this for all this time and there's no change. I don't. I just don't get that. Because I'd said to my husband before Christmas in 2020, I said, you know, something's changed. I feel different. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I don't feel as if I've got any symptoms at all. None at all. I've got no pain. I've got no muscle soreness. I've got not, nothing. I've, I'm, I'm no breathless. I'm not. And he was like, no, um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah, all your vitamins and things like that. So then I had the 15th of February scan, got the results, and it was a no change. So and I couldn't sleep that night, and I thought, I'm going to phone them on the Wednesday. I want to see. I want to see the reports, and I want to see the two scans. I want to see the scan, the very first one for 2018, and I want to see the one for February. And I want to look at the two of them, and I want to look at the two reports. Now, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> um, but I can read. Um, and they said, okay. I was due in on the Friday for to get my bloods done because that drug, I need to get my bloods done every month. And went in on the Friday and the oncologist took quite a while to come in and, and then she did come in and she had a, a, a paper in her hand and she said, um, the girls were saying that you want to see the scans and the reports. And I said, aha, I said, because I, I don't see how it, there isn't any change from 2018 till now when I don't have any symptoms. And she said, she looked at me and she said, well, you don't have any, you, you don't have any cancer left in the base of the lungs. And I looked at her and I thought, no, 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 on Tuesday you told me that there was no change. And she said, yes, no change from September. I said, no. <laughs> she said, you told me in September that the bit that you were concerned about in the April has gone. I said, that was the only thing you told me. You told me everything else was stable. And she says, no. And she read out the report and she said, and, and the bits that I was hearing was the lungs are normal. There is no um, metastasized cancer cells within the lungs. They're clear and they're normal. And I looked and I thought, and I then started to question myself because I'm thinking, did I miss that? And I, I thought, no, I wouldn't have missed that. It's too important. It's like, and she said, I'm sorry if I haven't explained it properly. And I said, well, I'm just sitting here thinking if I hadn't questioned it, I would still be going about thinking that I've still got <laughs> this in the you still have cancer. Yeah. yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I left. And, you know, like, as much as I, I've, I've believed that I was going to, Manage to do this. There's always that one percent doubt that that that's, you're not going to do this, you know. And I came away feeling a bit odd, a bit surreal, a bit thinking, what's what just happened there? Like, and it's still the now. This is last Friday I found this out, and it's still a bit like still sitting well in my head that that I've been that that's happened basically. So, um, I'm due back in March and I'm obviously going to ask for a copy of the reports again and I, I mean don't get me wrong I know it's not there I know it's gone and they've confirmed that um, but I need to speak to them and just understand how it got, it got so mixed up and one of my questions was when I was there last Friday was 
okay, so I'm absolutely delighted at that. Um, but what about treatment? Do I just stop this now? Do, you know, no, we keep you on it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So what, what, what are you treating? What is it you're treating? And she says, no, we just keep you on it just now. So I was like, oh, right. so I left. Um, and then, you know, the more I thought about it, I thought, no, I need to, I need to get these, these questions answered. And what, what are you treating? Why, why, you know, is, if you can give me an explanation and it sounds okay, then fine. But I've not got an explanation just now. So at this point in time, I don't see the point in reducing my immune system and all that if there's, you know, if there's nothing there. What is it, um, what is it, they're, what is it they're giving you or wanting to give you? Right, so they're wanting to keep me on the um, biological drug with the uh, Okay, okay. And um, I don't know why, so... Yeah. Michelle, just to be clear with people, you were also estrogen positive, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. And the oil you were taking was a one-to-one ratio THC and CBD with with some added terpenes. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And you did suppositories morning and afternoon and oral dose at night? That's right, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm just just sort of going over this for people who are, you know, are going to want to know what it is you did. And then you did diet. You did an alkaline, diet. alkaline uh-huh. vegan organic, I think, diet and yeah, yeah. Uh, infrared saunas, um, yeah. exercise, and coffee, enemas. Uh, coffee enemas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole done the, the whole thing, hundred percent, whole shebang. Uh huh. And I've lost four stone, <laughs> so that's good. Um, and my family, I had one of the. I've got um, two boys and. One of them actually, he changed his diet with me, and um, he he obviously dragged me out to walk and exercise and whatever. So he's been quite a bit of a driving force as well, which is you know to sit down and eat with somebody <laughs> the things yeah. that nobody else wants to eat. Um, but no, I stuck to a hundred percent, cut out exactly. sugar, dairy, or the whole the whole shebang. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think that's partly. Well, a big part of the success really is the food. I've got no inflammation. I've got no swelling, no joint pain, no muscle pain, nothing. Yeah, just, it's, a, it's you know, amazing what you've accomplished to have to have cancer in the lungs, to have it that extensive, and it's in the lungs and it's in your bones, and mm-hmm. then for you to just nix it is absolutely incredible. I think it speaks to your dedication to your diet and the program. And also to the wonderful person who makes such a quality oil for you. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's terrific. Mm-hmm. Michelle, yeah. how do you feel uh, emotionally about uh, having cleared your cancer? I, I said this to Corey last Friday. I, I, feel, I feel... I feel... I think it, the way it was delivered, I think that's taken the... the sort of excitement and everything about doing it away. I'm not saying I'm not excited because I'm absolutely delighted I've cleared it. Yeah, but, but they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't explain it to you very well, did they? No. No, no. So you, you basically walked around for several extra months thinking you're uh-huh. still doing the battle while you're cancer-free. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And it just, it just seems a bit 
strange now. No, not once, not once did anybody ask me what I was doing. Not once, not an oncologist, not anybody. And and they've got a patient walking in four stone lighter, you know. And it's like you think they would say, you know, you're you're looking well. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. You know, nothing. Even in September, because I believe that these drugs are not designed to clear it. No, they're not. Surely, surely in September, if your oncologist sees that, they would say to you, "What you, you What have you done? You know, what are you doing? Because it's away, or you know, because they must know that the drugs that they're giving me are, are not going to have that effect. So, no, they've never asked. So, yeah. What? Uh, how does you, how does your family feel about what uh, has transpired with you? My my family are absolutely delighted. I think um, they've all been there, support wise. Even you know my sisters and and my brother and stuff. That like my family have been great. Um, Did uh, you have any resistance uh, to from oh, your, from your all. family about no, uh, using cannabis? It was a full family affair, <laughs> you know, with the preparation and things like that. It was, no, absolutely not. And I think we're very open-minded and, and you know, if something's going to work, it'll be done. You know, it's um, nobody that I've came across has, has you know, questioned it or I wouldn't, I wouldn't care anyway. But, um, no, they've been, they've been great about it. It's uh, it's really remarkable what you've gone through from uh, your breast cancer that metastasized to your lungs and bones, and as of uh, less than a week ago, you're now clear of cancer. Yeah, it, it feels it feels as I said that ninety nine percent you because you've got to believe you've got to get your head into the right space, mm-hmm. you know, the right mental space, because if you're going to do all of this and invest all your time and you know, you've got to be up here. You've got to believe you can do it, I think. Um, okay, you will get that wee 1% that, that every now and again says, are you going to really do this? Or, you know, um, but you you really need to get your, your head into a, a space where, and that's, yeah, that's easier said than done um, because there'll be other elements of your life that will, you know, creep into that and, um, you know, make you think you can't do it sort of thing but it's it's a case of just soldiering on and, and pushing pushing forward and I remember listening to a YouTube video and it was a lady in the States actually she'd been living with um, secondary breast cancer for something like 15 years and it stuck in my head what she said and she said it's like when you're diagnosed with secondary she said it's like you're standing on a tightrope she says and below, below you everybody else is getting on with life and enjoying themselves and having a great time and you're there and you're on your own and you think, you know, if I stand here and do nothing, I'll eventually fall and die. Or I can take a step at a time and I can get to the other side and I'll survive. And it stuck with me and I thought, yep, I've got to the other side of that tightrope. <laughs> and now I can just enjoy myself, you know, and, and go on with life. And, and, and when I say enjoy myself, this is the lifestyle that I'll have now. I, I, there's no going back for me. It's, I need to stick with it. If I want to be healthy for the rest of my life, I need to stay on the food. I need to keep my exercise going and I need to stay on my maintenance dose. And, and you, know, you know, Michelle, what you said, uh, that, that 
woman said on the on the uh, YouTube mm-hmm. video is very powerful because I can recall a number of years ago there was a guy in the gym that I went to who could do the splits. And, and I said to him, that's remarkable. And he said, there's nothing remarkable about me. He said, all you have to do is just do a little bit every day and you make mm-hmm. progress. Yep. Uh-huh. And that's, Absolutely. A, that's exactly what you did. You decided that you're going to beat this. Um, you uh, wrestled with it emotionally and then yeah. uh, you changed your diet, which I think is really key. People have to realize mm. that what they put in their I body either heals or harms them. And, yeah, uh-huh. uh, and what you did is you, you changed your whole outlook on life and you mm-hmm. changed your outlook on yourself. And yeah, that definitely. brought about healing. Yep. And I think, you know, it's not an easy thing to do for anybody. And, and you know, I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, you know, you'd be daft not to do it, whatever. You've, there's no choice in it. You've got to do it. it it's, you know, to give yourself the best chance of getting better healing your body, it's got to be a three-prong attack. It's got to be, it's got to be your, well, your, your mind, your well-being, your oil, your diet, and, and obviously that's four things, sorry, your supplements and your vitamins. Um, so it's got to be all full in or nothing, mm-hmm. as we are. Look at it, you know. Doing one without the other, you're wasting your money. You're wasting your time and effort and, and money. You've got to go full, full steam ahead, um, 100%. Yeah, it's fantastic. Michelle, Is uh, you've got a great story. Is there anything that you'd like to say in conclusion? Um, I would say for, for any listeners that are, you know, want, or maybe have a diagnosis or, or just had a diagnosis of it, you need to research, you need to do your own research um, and, and reach out to people that can help you, you know, because there's not anybody that I've come across that wouldn't, is not there to help. Everybody's wanting to make you better or, you know, contribute to your success of getting healed. Um, and don't feel intimidated by your GP and don't feel intimidated by your oncologist because they're only doing a job like me and you. You know, we're, we're all accountable for, for our jobs and for, you know, ask the questions, prod them, push them because it's the only way you're going to get the truth and, and the, you know, that sometimes we'll not be able to answer your questions, but... Ask them, nevertheless, it's, it's, it's your life and it's your health and don't let them take that away from you because if you, if you go down, well, you go down that route sometimes, that's what will happen. Very well said. Michelle, yeah. wonderful to talk to you. Thanks very much for doing this. No, that's fine. Lo- lovely, to, lovely to speak to you. Michelle, thank Good. you so very much, Anne. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. And we'd like to thank Michelle in Scotland for her contribution today. And Michelle listened to a lot of Cannabis Health Radio podcasts. We have uh, have over 300 now. And uh, one of the platforms we're on, uh, there was a review, it said, uh, of our podcast, informative and really encouraging. Uh, this podcast lets the guests really talk. The hosts sit back and ask the right questions, feeling the listener, letting the listener learn and be inspired. Keep up the fantastic work. And what we thank you for the review. One of the things that we've talked about uh, when Corey and I first started this, this is not about us. It's about the person being interviewed telling their stories because stories are extremely powerful. 
And I think as a result of what we do, talk about the medical benefits of cannabis, it has helped a lot of people. We've had a number of emails from people who said uh, simply that you've saved you've saved my life or you saved the life of my husband or a sibling or one of a family member and those things to us are extremely encouraging and they keep us doing what we're doing because we don't uh, get very much money for this matter of fact we hardly get, any, get anything at all and uh, but we appreciate the contributions that people make so if you'd like to contribute to cannabis health radio you can do so by going to our website and there's an icon that comes down and you can contribute five dollars a month or any sum that you like and uh, those who do contribute we very much appreciate it and thanks again for listening to cannabis health radio thanks for listening to cannabis health radio for more information and to search previous podcasts visit our website cannabishealthradio.com Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.